0: This is John David Bennett, Dean of Curricular Innovation at Mercersburg Academy. In this episode of the Berg's Eye View podcast, I interview Seth Hodges, Class of 2019. Seth, who's a sophomore at William & Mary, is busy laying the foundations needed to build a life of service. In the winter, he recorded his first episode of the No Politics podcast, and while carrying a full course load, is volunteering for two organizations whose work focuses on voting rights and reforming how we elect our leaders. So, uh, so Seth, you're you're a sophomore, at William and Mary, right? Yeah. With everything that you have going on in your life, full class schedule, everything, uh, what inspired you to begin a podcast?
1: I wanted a different way to talk about politics than what was being offered to me in the mainstream media. I wanted to talk about ideas in you know economics and policy without the attachments of Democrat-Republican. I just wanted to be able to discuss them on their merit. That's what I wanted to do with my podcast. Um, and that that's pretty much the inspiration behind it. And the reason it's called No Politics is because I want to avoid those attachments and just talk about the ideas as they are.
0: So the first two episodes are about immigration policy. Uh, Why did you start there?
1: Well, uh, it was convenient because one of my professors had a paper out about immigration, about wage effects, uh, schooling effects, what happens when uh, immigrants come into an area and economists study that sort of thing. And uh, so I I decided to go in that route because of uh, his expertise. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get college, you know, academics onto the podcast. And I saw him as a very viable option, him being my professor. Uh, So I sort of decided to uh channel my first episode into something he knew a lot about rather than you know just pursuing whatever I wanted to because I I saw it was sort of uh it, it's it's a uh, a controversial topic and he has a paper out about it it's the sort of topic I wanted to cover um and he had a he had an interesting uh argument an interesting take
0: so do you mind telling us about uh, the chatter that the first episode uh, uh created
1: yeah so so first of all I have to acknowledge that uh the, the the blowback i got was in, entirely my fault i i don't think i I'm, i i said what i was being portrayed as saying um i was taken out of context but at the same time it's my responsibility for not putting it in the right context for people to to, to see what i'm saying i sort of echoed a conservative argument uh, about or maybe even populist argument about about uh, you know the economic impact of immigration It's bogus. Um, I will come out and say that. But what happened was I echoed that argument just to sort of stand it up. And I didn't really, because I didn't really realize how many people would listen to it. I (laughs) thought it would just sort of be people who who already knew me and knew my, my, my political stance. I thought they were just going to hear that and say, yeah, that's an argument, but I know he doesn't believe that. So now he's going to talk about why it's wrong. And that's what I did. But to people who have never, who don't know me, who've never heard me before, uh, they heard me make like like echo that argument, and were like, "What is this guy saying?" And and I totally I totally understand where they're coming from. I could see. I listened to it over again, and there were a couple moments where I was like, "If if I didn't know who I, if I didn't know this guy, I would think, what is he talking about? Um, he sounds so out of touch." Um, and so people were some people on on Twitter were a little bit upset about. the the way I put things and just sort of yeah they they were upset about that and I totally get that Um, your
0: first step into podcasting it went semi-viral
1: I I guess you could say that's on one side I want to say oh wow it blew up but then on the other side I want to say oh god I really hope it didn't blow up because both are bad
0: Is there an episode that you're especially proud of?
1: I recently, I recently had an episode with one of my current professors. His name's Larry Evans. He's a professor of government here at William and Mary, and we talked about all the internal mechanisms in Congress that prevent Congress people from representing their average constituent. Um, I think that's one of the most pertinent issues in politics today. Is just the the disconnect between Capitol Hill and representation of the average American citizen. Uh, so I think that's an important episode and I really enjoyed. it. I learned a lot from him and I'm still learning a lot from him in the class I'm taking.
0: When you were at Mercersburg, you were in the MAPS program. I was, yeah. How much did that two year experience and working with those teachers uh, inform what you're doing now?
1: Um, in the MAPS program? Yeah, I wrote about political polarization. Um, huh, so I, okay. I got I to start in in politics there. And it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely transferred and helped me understand the research uh, that these academics do. Um, I understand, you know, how they uh, evaluate different theories, things like that, uh, better because of the work I, you know, the stuff I learned in maps. Um, and I just, you know, generally know more about politics in America from writing a 35-page paper on it.
0: Yeah, for those of you in the audience who don't know what the mass program is, it, is a, it's one of our two capstone programs. It's limited to about 12 students in 11th grade and 12th grade each year. Uh, what specifically did you uh, discover in your, in your search project, your final paper?
1: Yeah, so this is, this is one thing that um, also came up in my conversation with uh, Professor Evans. And it's that the loudest, most, the, the most polarizing voices get amplified. Um, on both ends of the spectrum. That sort of contributes to, to a situation where politicians have to actually listen to the extremes of uh, both sides and don't get to hear anything in the middle uh, because the people in the middle, they do care, but they don't talk as much, they're not as loud. And um, you know, when you get like Fox News and you know, whatever, whatever equivalent you wanna make on the left, those drive political conversation. And that's what sort of is in the mind of politicians because that's what they're hearing. That's what drives uh, discourse.
0: You've been doing uh, quite a bit of uh, volunteer work for organizations uh, represent us and Fair Vote Virginia.
1: Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'll start with Fair Vote Virginia. I joined uh, because I found them online. Um, There was a contact in Williamsburg, Virginia. There are like different contacts uh, for across the state, you know, people you could reach out to if you wanted to get involved. And it turned out that the guy, sort of in charge of volunteer outreach uh, in the Williamsburg area, uh, was a senior at William and Mary. Um, his name's Mason. And so he sort of got me plugged into the volunteer meetings. The goal of Fair Vote Virginia is to get ranked choice voting on the ballot in local elections across Virginia. So right now, Mason and I are working here locally in Williamsburg to try and get sort of the Williamsburg City Council and uh, James City County, which is the county surrounding Williamsburg. Uh, trying to get those two municipalities to adopt ranked choice voting in local elections.
0: With Represent Us?
1: Represent Us. uh, What I've been doing with them is just sort of text banking and phone banking. Uh, We're trying to get the HR1. I don't know if you've heard of it, the For the People Act. We're trying to get that passed in Congress. That's a really big voting rights piece of legislation. I don't know if you've heard anything about these these bills down in Georgia, uh, but that's a, a... putting a lot of urgency into H.R. 1, because that would take away the rights of states to pass those restrictive voter ID laws and require states to sort of comply with broader federal laws that would uh, ensure access to the ballot. We're calling people and asking them to get in contact with their senator, especially in in places like West Virginia and Arizona, where the senators are sort of on the fence.
0: So you're just two years out of high school, and it seems like you're building a foundation, sort of springboard off of that into a future of public service? Is that something that you plan to do?
1: Well, it depends on what you consider public service. I mean, if you're thinking uh, government jobs, then I don't know, maybe Uh, what I think is more likely at least in the near future is sort of advocacy. I'm thinking about, I'm trying to intern with Fair Vote Virginia in the future um, and just sort of trying to work with these these campaign organizations uh, that are trying to enact reforms—that um, that's really what I'm focused on uh, right now and in the immediate future with my career.
0: So at this point, you have five episodes of your podcast. Do yeah. you have any others in the works? Do you plan to to complete a season of seven or eight or nine or ten episodes?
1: Yeah, um, I will be honest. It's been more difficult uh, doing episodes during the semester. I started this over winter break. Um, there was a lot more time on my hands. Now it's been more difficult to get uh, interviews, but I, you know, I think I'm gonna try and continue that, continue to reach out to professors. Um, and you know, it, it, it works well sort of towards more the end of the semester after I've gotten to know, know a professor. Um, and I reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I've looked into your research and I really like this. And I'd like to talk to you about you know, this issue because I think it would, it would go well with my podcast.
0: So I first heard about your podcast from, from Mr. Hawbaker, uh-huh. uh, in an email, and he was so enthusiastic about it. I, I thought he had been your advisor. Uh, you told me that he wasn't. And then Mr. Bukowski reached out to me and said that uh, that I should listen to the podcast. When I did, I was amazed by the sort of poise, the quality, the, the structure, the editing. What are your podcasting influences that led to uh, that sort of fairly professional production?
1: You know, I, I don't know if I can compare myself exactly, but I, I definitely think I'm influenced by... Um... Freakonomics, um, Revisionist History, those are two podcasts I listen to a lot, uh, you know, even at Mercersburg during those days. Um, they're just, I, I, yeah, I just really appreciate the, the storytelling that they do. Um, that's something I sort of aspire to, and it's really time-consuming. I mean, they have entire stabs on mm-hmm. on board to do that sort of, mm-hmm. like, edi- audio editing you know, obviously, it's like Stephen Dubner for Freakonomics. It's Malcolm Gladwell for Revisionist History. These are the like the star voices on the podcast. And uh, but they have so much backing them up. And that's what I realized, like working on the first episode, honestly, I think that that might be one of my better examples of storytelling and uh, just how how sophisticated my 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 uh, format was. And it was it took me a really long time to sort of uh, to, to get all the details in place. There, there's so much little stuff you have to, you have to pay attention to. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just the, the, the quality of those podcasts, but also their format, their length, uh, how, they, how they approach topics. Uh, that's something I really wanted to emulate.
0: Yeah, when I listened to it the first time, I thought I'd listen for a while and probably shut it off at some point, but I, I followed you all the way to the end and looked forward to episode two. Usually when I ask this question, I'm speaking to an, a, a graduate of the school who's been out for a couple of decades. Yeah. And so, so their their uh, their reflection on who at Mercersburg uh, had a big influence on them is something that they've perhaps been able to think about for a while. You've been out for a couple of years. So yeah, graduated in 2019. Uh, who at Mercersburg do you think you'll, you'll remember and appreciate for decades to come?
1: Um. Yeah, actually, uh, this is interesting because I'm probably gonna see him sometime in the near future. But uh, Mr. Jacklin, Nate Jacklin, uh, mm-hmm. the wrestling coach, uh, he was head wrestling coach at Mercersburg for all four years I was there. Um, I actually just got word that he's he's moving down to Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, sometime this summer. I think uh, he's right, gonna yeah. coach coach at uh, Warhill High School down here, which is really exciting because I'm I'm I'll be glad to get to see him again. I think the, the lessons I learned with him in the wrestling l- room were as great, if not greater as anything I learned in, you know, all the time I spend in the classroom at Mercesburg. Um And I think that's one of the, one of the key sort of advantages that Mersburg has to this entire community living. You, you do all these things and you learn all these things about yourself uh, from the classroom to the, you know, the gym, everything, um, and I just think, I think the influences I learned there were, like, I learned just how much you can be in control of your life, how much you can take responsibility for, you know, from from wrestling for four years. You, you just really understand that because it's a sport where you're the only person out there on the mat. No one else can help you or hurt you. It's just you, um, so you take that mentality into the rest of your life, and you just sort of start to see things as you know, if, if I want something done, I can do it. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that was definitely. Jacqueline was probably the person from Mertesburg who I will remember the most and who influenced me the most.
0: Again, that was Seth Hodges class of 2019. Thank you to Jim Bradley and Tim Krauts for help producing this podcast and special thanks to Brian Morgan class of 07 and Maddie Norris class of 21 for writing and recording the music. If you know a Mercersburg graduate who's making a difference and you'd like to nominate them for an appearance on the Berg's Eye View podcast, send an email to alumni at mercersburg.edu. Thank you for listening.